Welcome Spartans to Mission Debrief. We're playing every mission in the mainline Halo video game series in chronological order, discussing our experiences and sprinkling in a little lore along the way. If you'd like to play along and have your thoughts spread on the show, email us at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. We'll be playing the evacuation mission from Halo 5 on the next episode. If you like what you hear and want to support the show, visit Podcast Evolved on Patreon. This episode, we're debriefing the Meridian Station and unconfirmed missions from Halo 5. I'm your host, Colin Perkins, alongside David Arnold. Hello, everybody. And Krista Brown. Three, two, one, fight! Yeah. (laughs) Big fight. This is a big fight. There's lots of stuff happening in this episode. It will be fun. All right, last mission was glassed. While Halsey, Lasky, Palmer, and Roland attempted to sort out the Cortana conundrum, Fireteam Osiris was deployed on Meridian in pursuit of Blue Team. Upon arrival, they were met by a grumpy governor that's dealing with a Promethean invasion. Locke and the gang quickly take up arms and help defend the corporate excavation effort. Aboard gun geese, warthogs, and even a scorpion tank, the fire team of trackers quell the attack and head into Meridian Station for a chat with Governor Sloan. This episode, we're covering Meridian Station and Unconfirmed. Sloan is revealed to be an aging AI and remains reluctant to assist in the search for Blue Team. However, Locke sweet-talks him into providing transport to Apogee Station, where John 117 and his team were last seen. Fireteam Osiris follows the trail deep underground, where they encounter heavy Promethean resistance and a warden that claims loyalty to Cortana. The date of the game is October 25th, 2558. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to um, start off with Meridian Station, and we're going to talk about the little... Um, it's, what What is this mission? David, what's, what's going on here? This <laughs> what are we doing? This is so bizarre. I remember at the time being like what is what is it are we getting something more it kind of felt like it's like halo 5 was something else and then it became halo 5 and essentially what we have are hope worlds and this isn't the only one in the game um i didn't mind it i know a lot of people are pretty down on it but i actually didn't mind it because i liked the idea of non-combat situations in halo Mm -hmm. and getting a bit of exploration in this one probably wasn't amazing like there isn't actually a whole lot to do and i feel like there probably should have been more um it's very short um you'll kind of go through it there's just essentially some in there's a bunch of intel in here there's some dialogue loose options uh, i it's kind of go here talk to this person go here talk to that person oh great now you're finished mm-hmm. now go here and leave um it's the it's, most boring parts of an rpg <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't feel like it belongs with the rest of the game which is which is kind of weird um but i do appreciate to try something new i think that it is probably either something that was left over from something else or something that they can get fully fleshed out yeah love the concept hate the execution but we're lore people right like we should love this There's it's a not a around. lore thing though how much lore did you actually pick up on this mission well you'll cover that in some intel i think but yeah, I mean the the walk around, actually going to the two different people that you need to go to. You hear one line of dialogue, um, and then they suss out you know, a, where to go from there. There's like a reveal at the very start, though, right? It's, yes. Yeah. 
that, that was oh, interesting. Oh yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, we'll, the first we'll talk about that. Yeah. So let's t- let's get into it then. Um, so you start out. You you're you're you. We've just defended the the wall, and now we've cleared all the the forerunners of the Prometheans. Sloan's opened the door. Now we've gone inside, and we still have our guns in our hand, which is a little awkward. Like there's no. I was thinking about today is like why do we never just holster our our guns and put them on our backs and walk around with our hands fl- like <laughs> so we can see our hands instead of our just holstered gun to the side but um that was you know that was the decision they made so we can't do anything we can't do any of our spartan stuff we can just walk around we can run around though i think right we can still sprint but um no ground yeah. pounding or anything like that damn it i wanted to kill the civilians <laughs> i'm sure that's what they were worried about you probably just go around murdering everybody <laughs> that's what i did but in you, skyrim you can talk to some people here and there and there's little dialogue options um and so i don't think anything terribly interesting people are just kind of curious why you're here or grumpy about something they're very but hostile you do towards get a, you yeah yeah oh um i do want to talk about the the giant ship that's hanging above the meridian station i what is that thing is it one is it um is it just docked and hanging out yeah probably you guys look into that at all i forgot to look into that today before the, the show but um there's a ship that is just right above the settlement that i would imagine they can use for whatever they you know whenever they want to get out of there with a bunch of people but um that's just parked on top there, so you always see that on top, and you can, if you look up at it, it's like sparking here and there. I don't know if they're fixing it or what's going on. I want to say, and I might have picked this up somewhere, that it's like a colony ship where it's permanently docked. Like it's something that oh, lands. so that's on, where they live. Yeah, it lands, and then it becomes the station. Like you build out around it. So like the Meridian Station is this ship plus its surrounding area. Does that make okay. sense? I th- I think. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that that's what it is. Um. I could have picked that up from somewhere else, though. Is it a book or something? Yeah, I wonder why I think it, but it, that, that's what I think it is. Or that's my interpretation. I was curious why. I mean, this, there's the settlement below, and there's not a whole lot going on. There's some buildings here and there, but I was curious, because there's enough citizens around. It's like, where is everybody sleeping? Where's the mess hall? Mm. Um, you know, So that would make sense if they just kind of pop up in there, and that's where they their day-to-day stuff is, or where they, they eat, sleep, and drink. Um because given what happens in the next kind of mission or two, I felt like if it was flyable, it would have been mm, part of point. it. But um, yeah, so let's meet Governor Sloan. <gasps> what Hello. is he a he nice a, man? He is. A, he's a kind of a man. He's very big and very blue and very naked. Oh no! Oh. We know blue. We have plenty of big blue naked people in here, though. Oh yeah, we don't need <laughs> another one. Can he be purple? But he's got some some stuff going on. He's not quite right. You can tell once you see him, and uh, I think there's a conversation between Tanaka and um, maybe Buck or Vale. I'm forgetting which one, but they say eh, something's not quite right. He looks a little a little off. And they say and, it's rampancy. So the reveal yeah. is that he's an AI. We never actually said mm-hmm. that. Yep. Yeah. The reveal is that he is no, not. No, he's a human. just a giant naked blue person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he has this big podium stand thing that he's addressing everybody but you don't you don't really interact with him at that point you just have to kind of go there's a waypoint you go, go and just stand in front of it and then he disappears and then you kind of have your awkward conversation about him um and then yeah you, what you you do have a conversation with him you say hey I, i'm trying to figure out what's going on he's like yeah go ahead go talk to people um just just do it quick and so then you get two waypoints um to go talk to, to two different people 
and one of them reveals the location by just one sentence. He talks about that he came from Apogee, I think, is what it was. And they're like, hey, wait a minute, I think that's that's where we're going. And then, um, then the other one talks about how in the same location, I think there was, you know, the forerunners are there. There was like some some earthquake or something was going on there. And then the, the other guy's in the um, medical bay, and he says... He's talking about how he escaped on a on a mongoose, and then you interact with him, and he talks about, hey, you know, why, why don't you why don't you go f- coordinate a little bit better with your UNSC pals? And so that confirms that it was, or you know, as they're thinking about that, it confirms that it was blue team and their uh, prowler that they were on. Um, do you do you guys wander around that much here? I mean, I, as if you played it once or maybe twice, you've probably done everything. You've gone around and gotten all the intel. So really, you can just do this super duper quick. Just talk to two people, go to the next person, or you can just skip it altogether if you've if you're not into it. But I, I did find find it interesting that there are people on top of the buildings that you can have conversations with. Why are you, they there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just you can clamber, clamber and climb up and go talk to them a little bit. But it's fun. I mean, I, they give you the chance to slow down a little bit with this mission, explore a little bit, find. There's, is, is there eight pieces of intel? Is that right, Krista? Yeah, there's a lot. So you know, as you if you want to be a completionist, you know, it gives you something to wander around and do and, and find. Um, you know, and thank goodness for the the Artemis scan, so that it makes it a little bit easier. No, no skull in this mission at all. But you know, wander around. I think enjoy enjoy the what they've built. They built this cool little area for you to, to at least wander around this is meridian station and it's part of the the larger meridian that they've built and that's kind of the centerpiece of these middle this middle section of the game here um i don't know any other thoughts david uh, nope <laughs> so fellow there should be more to it yeah, it was a little small. Like it would be cool if you could actually go up into that ship. Now that you say that, that would be fun to be able to go up there in some capacity. But um, so after you talk to the two people, then you you say, okay, they're at Apogee Station. I want to find a little bit more about Apogee Station. So you access a terminal, and then the terminal more or less says where you need to go. And then from there, Sloan says, um, you know, hey, I'll I'll be nice. And give you a pelican. You can take this and, and go head over to Apogee Station. That's where the next mission starts. So, it's a, you know it's a little tiny thing. There's a couple more throughout Halo Five. Um, some of the other executions are probably a little bit better, but it, it's I think it's an interesting thing that they built. But there's not a whole lot. There's not a, a whole lot to do, and not a whole lot of reason to come back really if you've done it once. There is an interesting Easter egg in here where there is there's like a vending machine that you can go and interact with. And if you interact with it, I think it's like 10 times or something like that, a soccer ball or a football will pop out and you can, it's giant, like it's almost the size of the Spartans themselves and you can kick it around. So go, go look that up or do it yourself and uh, have some fun with that. There's actually some commentary as well about, you know, scoring a goal and things like that. Did you guys do that at all? Have you, were you aware that that was a thing? Nope. I didn't, I was not aware that was a thing. Is there? Do they do something similar in other games? I feel like we've covered most of the trivia, but I don't remember. Um, did Halo, Reach do something fun? Halo Reach had a similar like soccer ball that you could put into like uh, Forge, like Forge and stuff? stuff. Yeah, and there was a giant golf ball too. So oh, I think that's where the assets came from. 
I gotcha. That was the idea. Nice. Um, the the other thing that I was thinking about when I was going through this, and David, you talked about like maybe this was from something else, and you know who knows. I think we'll find out more about what you know the the Halo Five story, and if there are any changes a little bit further down the road. We don't know that quite that that much about it yet. But do you think this was an originally potentially just a cutscene? Like there might have been just a because you could do everything that they accomplish besides going around and getting the intel you could have these conversations with the the miners or the the local settlers here in a cutscene you know you could meet Sloan in a quick cutscene maybe like three or four minutes and then be done I'm wondering if maybe there was like a cutscene created with when the story was a little bit different but then when it got close to like game time they, they couldn't use the cutscene because there were some changes enough changes that they couldn't salvage it so they you know built this city quickly and, and, and strew some intel around. I don't know if that's the way it went down. And the only reason I think that is, I think a cutscene is easier to do than to create a level that you interact with, where you have to incorporate a whole bunch of mechanics um, just in terms of how the player works and moves around the map. Especially because yeah, but that's map all built into used. the engine, you know? Like, you can, you know, like, you do Forge, and you can build an area with assets that already exist like doing a, a cutscene takes a lot of time and actors and assets and money and all that in time so just you know just a crazy theory about it i don't know maybe we'll find out find out more down the road but i'd almost say throw there, that out there yeah i don't i almost got the feeling there should be more gameplay around this than there was like maybe yeah. a whole sure. bunch of stuff got cut from it or never oh, never got from finished. a gameplay standpoint sure yeah that could be that could be like maybe Maybe this was a, a hub where you came back multiple times. And did missions. You went off and did a couple yeah. missions here and there and came back, yeah. So maybe like Locke's investigation and hunt. So maybe mm. there was like more to it. You got the impression that the character should have been doing more. Because, um, you know, he was always advertised and marketed as like a hunter. Yeah, that's a good point. So you do, I mean, you do a little sleuthing here by talking to the two individuals and you, you know, you suss out where Blue Team is headed. And then, you know, you convince, it didn't take much convincing, but then Sloan agrees to give you a Pelican to go to the next place um, to go track down Blue Team. So we're, we're headed to Apogee next, but before we do that, let's just talk about the intel that's in this area, because if we cover it at the very end, it's going to be lots and lots of intel at the end of the, the episode. Yeah, you don't so, want to hear my voice for that long, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, All Krista, right. what do they pack in here? Oh, it's a lot of stuff about the glassed planet. Wow. Amazing. The first one is called Laser Operator's Personal Log, and it just says, I found a body in the glass today. <laughs> it kind of talks about how they're scared of it and how they're supposed to be talking about it and stuff. But that's mm. literally it. It's nine seconds. Uh, the next one is Meridian's Speculative Overview. Uh, it was so It's someone talking about how Meridian didn't actually get it too bad. They hit the human settlements, and then they kind of went off. They of course, boiled some of the ocean off and some of the atmosphere. Uh, but the Co Covenant did a rush job and the planet survived. And less than a third is... Uh... Lichalirite? Lichalirite. Nailed it. Which is a... Which is what happens when you glass the planet, pretty much. It's that... It's what the compound is called. The material, the mineral, 
Uh, so they're chipping away at the at the uh, worst parts, and you know, they he says it should be done inside twenty years to get rid of all the glass, or not all of years. it, but make it able to settle again. So you know, just a little ocean boiling, you know, not too bad. Some atmosphere loss, uh, no big deal. No big deal. Uh, the next t- one is evac <laughs> excavation team personal log. Uh, so they're talking about how the plasma actually works. So the planet plasma they use to glass the planet burns so hot. Most of the stuff vaporizes, but sometimes there's a flicker in the beam, and the temp drops just enough so that stuff remains intact, like buildings and stuff like that, bodies, all that fun stuff that they're finding. I found that interesting. Yeah. It's that nice little tidbit of, like, why it's just not a perfect sheen that it's, it is actually you know imperfect I guess yeah that sometimes there's a sometimes there's a glitch and then he talks about like he's finding dogs or something what gets me through is the dogs just excavated a homestead and there were uh, there was a leash leading under the porch so I'm taking the day off oh. so he's finding dogs and he's getting upset that's sad of the dogs <laughs> Oh, <laughs> maybe he like has like I mean they're the kind of person. well maybe they're like statues now so now he has like a, a dog cemetery of dog statues. Oh God. <laughs> mm. I don't know. Yeah. Weird shits happened. Uh, the D glass team personal log uh cleared uh cleared deep the other day cut through what used to be a forest. Uh, they du- they dug through into a natural cave, and they actually found some foliage, and some water, and some bugs, and they were very happy about that. Good job, guys. You found some bugs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> D-Glass team incident report. Uh, they're running a top-level D-Glass south of the populated area. They hit some kind of metal that they couldn't cut through. They ran a pulse and got some echoes of a subterranean structure or something. <laughs> Oh, Ooh. so there's some loose soil beneath it, and whatever it is, there it shrugged off the uh, plasma bombardment. It's spooky. Uh, settler personal log is uh, the high winds when the plasma picks up. It scatters things for miles. Stuff can get thrown into molten soil, <laughs> and if it molten doesn't, soil. molten soil. Uh, and if it doesn't burn up, it sticks. It sticks to stuff like amber, like flying amber, and mm. or things get caught in bubbles of ash, like something inside a snow globe. Um, <laughs> so there, some things just happen, is what he says. Uh, apparently, like finding a single house untouched in a glass field. So, if, lovely place to live, guys. Great place. Yep. Um. Second to last one is Settler's personal log, sixty four twenty one. Um, they're talking about up on the station, everything's gray and bland. Some folks are afraid of any place where the corners aren't round because UNSC likes round corners for some reason. Um, and they're dreaming of living down there in the in the where the ground is ash and glass. Good riddance. Few years time, kids who come up on Meridian are going to run this system. Bet your life. So, that's fun. The final one is Settler's personal log, zero nine nine one. 
I don't get the guys who spend all their day worrying about Governor Salone. He's doing a hell of a job. Uh, <laughs> sure he, sure he's broken as hell and kind of, kind of fucked up. Uh, he talks with two voices sometimes, but most folks do the same. I don't know who this person is. Most most folks do the same thing. Two voices at once. Good job. Uh, uh, it doesn't bother me. He's got Meridian's best at heart. Yeah, it's really nice. The AI's deteriorating and falling apart. Crazy blue naked man. So good. I love my life. <laughs> the Chatelier right. There, I said it. Got it. All right, that's it. I'm done. Very nice. Keep going. Um, I, I think it's it's interesting. It's like good world building, right? So yeah, you're totally. You know, it's background on what's actually going on. I think it's interesting. They they probably could have made it more interesting, as I talked about in the last episode, where it would have been nice if they kind of panned out and gave you, you know, a little bit more visual around of the area, and uh, just just you know, you see you see the impact as you're in it, and in the moment and shooting shooting. Um, Prometheans and whatnot, but this Meridian Station gives you a chance to kind of wander around a little bit. But you're wandering around in the in the station itself, Meridian Station, instead of like out on the actual glassed, I don't know, terrain. But um, it's interesting that they they give you some some tidbits and, and whatnot. I think good stuff. Thanks, Krista. All right, now we are gonna hop in that Pelican that Sloan so politely gave to us. And head over to Apogee Station. We don't. There's not really a cutscene. You just kind of. I mean, there's a mini, but mini cutscene where you, you really just hop out of the Pelican. They say, "Oh, there." You, you gave us an escort as well, which um, Sloan comments as on. He's like, "Yeah, I want to want to have somebody keep keep an eye on you guys." <laughs> but he's still he's kind of sketchy, right? I mean, it's interesting that these humans or this corporation has trusted this AI that's kind of broken down now. So, um, to, to run this area, this, this colony and, and oversee them. And, and to that point of the Intel that you just read off is like, some people probably are okay with it, but some people seeing that he is going a little bit rampant are a little bit worried with it. Um, so yeah, this Apogee Station, it's, it says on Halopedia, it's just like it's a settlement, but it seems like it's maybe a settlement slash mining area. Because as you see during the, the mission, like there's some stuff that we're going to go down the giant deep hole. Ooh, but, um, what? <laughs> sounds nice. Yeah, sounds great. So hop off the Pelican, just explore around, pop, poke around a little bit. There might be some intel to grab in this area as well. Um but you start to you just kind of head up into the into this building up ahead of you. There's some miners that are going to join you, and you can interact with them and give them weapons. They have weapons. David, you're usually the guy that that leverages your your marines and your buddies. Did you leverage Not, these guys at all? No, I, I, I don't think they they do a whole lot to be honest. But no, I I never gave them anything. I kind of just moved okay. through this mission pretty quick. Actually, I was actually shocked with how short this was. But um. No, I did. I did not reinforce these dudes. It's a pretty quick. Like it's you don't travel a long way, but there are the encounters. Sometimes take a long time. So especially in this um, coming up here in a little bit, there's a pretty long encounter. But um, yeah, so right away you get into this this area. There's like some a burning vehicles down below, and there's a bunch of crawlers that you get to take out. There are some captains in the distance that have their splinter turrets that you got to take out. Um, anything, Krista, what's your approach in this first area? Are you, 
Are you pretty gung-ho? Are you going down below and, and trying to take everybody out, or are you staying back? No, I stay back pretty much. There's a lot of snipers mm-hmm. in this area, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, in the next area, there's there's a couple more, okay. but there are some, yeah. There's, there's turrets to activate. I like to activate the, the turrets. turrets. Yeah, I like the turrets a lot. That's what I did. I activated the turrets, and that's then... The, that's in the next area, I think, is the turrets. This oh. first area is, like, getting... You, you, we gotta climb up to the pro, the prowler first. Oh, okay. And then once we get down below, that's when we can do some Oh, stuff. sure. If I remember yeah, there was yeah. a mi- there was just a normal turret, like, off to the left once you enter this big area where the stairs are. Yeah, there are. might have been. Yeah. I just grabbed that, and I just kind of murdered them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, David, anything out of the ordinary that you're doing? Is it just more just, just Halo fun time, getting used to killing the soldiers still? Yeah, pretty much. Nothing crazy here. It's not all that interesting of an encounter. Yeah. It's okay. It's. I mean, I guess the next area is where you can get overwhelmed a little bit more, but the uh, the splinter turrets can. You know, they're get a lot of times they're getting lobbed in the distance. And um, I was playing with a, a buddy of mine uh, from work named Justin, and we we had a couple downed moments where we had to to pick each other up. But overall, it wasn't it wasn't too bad in this area. Um, what's interesting though is that we are going to encounter that prowler that blue team had here in a little bit. But we gotta clear out this area. Um, then we start to ascend the platform, I guess is what it would be called. But you know, we're kind of going up around on this these stairs. Um, it's kind of a cool little structure I think that they built. It looks it looks cool. Um, gives you something to, to do rather than just run straight forward anyway. So you got to climb up top a little bit, and then you see our first watcher. What? We haven't seen a watcher yet. Yeah, oh, that was nice... so nice without them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> There's some knights up here hanging out and some soldiers uh, on top of this platform. There's a bunch of stairs kind of around and some some verticality that you can use or to your advantage or use to escape, I guess. But then you see that prowler off in the distance, which is really cool. You can climb up on that prowler if you, you want to. You can go inside it. You should definitely mm-hmm. go inside it. There's something in there. Yeah, there is something in there. What is in there, Krista? Nornfang! Nornfang, what? What? Linda left her sniper rifle. Why? <laughs> Why is she leaving? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's got a little a cool paint application to it, but is it more powerful than the snipe other snipers, or is I it just think kind of a regular so. sniper with a paint job? So in th- it, it, multiplayer, in multiplayer, it definitely is. In yeah. the campaign, I don't think there's any difference. It doesn't pick up ammo from sniper rifles. But I don't think it. Oh, acts. it doesn't. It doesn't. No, you only get what you get in the clip when you pick it up, and it, okay. I did, I didn't notice any strength or any function functionality difference between the this mm-hmm. one and a regular one. Yeah, in the multiplayer one, it gives you damage boost and it has explosive bullets. Ooh, nice. Yeah, it's really nice. This one does not. This one is kind of just a skin. It looks like. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even tell if it does any any more damage as well. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it probably doesn't do a ton. It's just so, how cool. did you how did you feel about the Watchers now that we're we're finally seeing them again? Did were they as annoying as they were in Halo Four or Do they revive at all? Like do they revive Promethean Knights at all in this one? I don't think I th- they do. I think they I think they were. Yeah. I think in my, my game they, they did a little bit. They definitely them. did the shield, yeah. They heal shield. them. But they yeah. don't revive them once you kill them. Do they them. heal them, maybe? Yeah, they heal them. So, like, when if you shoot off, like, part of its little, like, back thing, it can heal them and put it back on. Oh, okay. There you go. So I think no reviving, that's their which thing. is good. They, they updated them a little bit, which is nice. They look the same. But, um, yeah. It's nice that they don't 
they they were just so overwhelming and annoying in Halo Four, and they did overdid it. But now that they have the soldiers, they don't have to rely on on them as much, which is nice. David, do you climb up on the on top of the prowler and do some damage up there, or are you usually just kind of staying into the in this uh, stairs and catwalk areas? Well, there's a saw in this area, so I pick up that bad boy. Oh and yeah, and I mow some shit down. <laughs> uh, you gotta get up close though. This is yeah, kind of it the... ain't all that great on heroic to be honest, but uh, I, yeah. I I I make myself use it. It's terrible against them. Um, the uh, Promethean Knights. Is it's it? Not, yeah, it's not that good at all. You gotta it's focus just, fire. It's a, it's a fun weapon to have in general, but yeah. yeah. When you whenever you see it, I gotta pick it up too. There's some SMGs around here, I think too, and I think there's some DMRs and what. Just a lot of UNSC weapons in general. I think I was rocking UNSC the entire time. Maybe there's a, a little couple, bit. At the uh, end. There's a couple Hydras and a rocket launcher as well, which yeah. make taking out the Promethean Knights way easier. Oh, that's nice. So Hydra's, we've talked about Hydra, I think it was the first episode, yeah. Yeah. Where it fires off a bunch of grenades, right? Little, There's like mini, mini rockets. rockets. Yeah, mini yeah, rockets. Like mini rockets, and it has tracking on it and stuff. It's obviously not, doesn't pack as much punch as like one round from a rocket launcher, but mm-hmm. if you get a whole clip into them, it's pretty good. I did do a night assassination when I finally, oh, that was, oh, was nice. a lot of fun. Yeah, you gotta rip off their sword. Stab them. It's so good. Real nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, this is a cool little area. It's a nice little set piece. We uh, Once we clear out the area, then we go and access the terminal inside the Prowler itself and figure out that, oh, the blue team was here. Indeed, right? We can tell by the Prowler. And then they actually went down into the mines. And so we ask, ask Sloan oh so politely if we can go go down in the mines and chase after him. He's a little reluctant, but he eventually does open the door for you. So you do, you head down further <clears throat> into the mines and then we get to, it's actually not, we don't head right down into the mines. So he opens the door and then you go into like this next area. And this is where those snipers are. Those soldier snipers are. Oh yeah. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them off in the distance and they're black. They're like a black metal. They're a little darker. Um, but they got really so- shiny faces. <laughs> they're very shiny faces and you can see when they're aiming at you like you can see that red um i guess reticle dot show up on your on your face thankfully and, uh, these binary rifles don't work like halo 4's binary rifles where you just are dead yeah so what's the difference here are they sh- firing something really fast is that what it is no so it's a concentrated laser okay so it's a concentrated laser that you focus on someone for just a couple seconds and then they'll die, but it gives you enough time to react when the Prometheans are doing it. Mm-hmm. So you can you can so move of, out of the way if you're being hit right away. Yeah, so instead of like a one shot, it's like a bzzz, It's like a sting bzzz. Yeah. Okay. That's what I, was, I wasn't sure if it was like multiple rapid hits because it has that buzz, but that makes sense. Um... Yeah, so this is, I mean, I do like the how they've built this area because there are vehicles around. You can't drive any of them here, but there, it does show you that it is an industrial area. I think they do a good job of, of making the setting feel real, feel lived in, feel used. But um, yeah, so once you clear this area, then there's another door that Sloan has to open for you. You open that door, and then that's when you start to head down further in into the mine area. And you can, there is actually some dialogue, <clears throat> excuse me, from one of the soldiers where he talks about something about, let's see, I think I wrote it down here. Hold on. 
it was the warden didn't um, like they, these aren't cleared by the warden I'm like oh interesting so that dialogue is out there if you can catch that they talk um, really funny to the soldiers mm-hmm this next area is huge. This is where you activate the turret right away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this big giant room and there's it's just kind of mining it's a mining setting and there's pipes all over and just just all this um, construction equipment whatnot is giant. It's more or less you just have to get to the end of it, but there is a there's a lot of Prometheans in between you and the end. Is it possible to skip this? I feel like there there's like some pipes on the side where maybe you can jump over no, and, it, and skip it, the whole area. No, it doesn't bring you far enough. Okay. Going up the pipes is where you get a bunch of power weapons and stuff, but like you can't skip the whole thing. Well, you could maybe you could run past it. I've never done it. There's a lot of on, enemies on there. On easy, you could probably run past all of yeah. this, but yeah. anything more, you kind of have to take out because there's just a crazy amount of like crawlers and stuff. There's so many. Yeah, it's easy to get overwhelmed here. When I was playing with my buddy Justin, like we hopped down right away, and we just got, you know, one if it was just one of us, um, just got easily overwhelmed, and then the other person would try to go revive um, the other person, and then, you know, they would die right away. So you really have to kind of stand up top on the this kind of I don't know overlook it's almost like a sniper overlook right away and then clear out a bunch of the, the crawlers and the soldiers they will some of them will kind of come up and chase after you but it's usually not in a big horde so they thin themselves up out as they're doing that but um, yeah I would I would definitely say my in my strategy especially on heroic or higher is you got to thin the herd from up high before you start to proceed um, David, is that is that your approach as well, or you, yep. you do anything different? Pretty much the same. There's a bunch of Hydra yeah. sniper rifles and some saws around the place. DMR kicking around. You really mm-hmm. got. You, yeah, there is a gun goose. Uh, I have. Yeah, what's that couple. doing down there? I don't yeah. know. It's weird. <laughs> it's a trap, anyway. So you get that gun <laughs> you're goose. You're stuck dying. on that thing. Yeah. 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 You Fair. do. I mean, you have to take your time in this area. You really do to yeah. get through it on the higher difficulties. Otherwise. You're just going to have a bad time. If you rush through it, it's going to take way longer. There are a bunch of ex- exploding um, tanks or barrels. I don't really ever use those. Krista, do you use those at all to blow up the enemies? Um, The splinter turrets? Yeah, all the time. No, yeah. the uh, there's like barrels. Oh, the barrels. Like oh, hell yeah. flammable barrels. So do the, you use those? The barrels are weird because they're kind of laggy. Oh. Like you'll shoot a barrel and then like maybe two seconds later it'll explode. Oh, interesting. They were they were being a little weird for me because I'd and they'd also respawn <laughs> as well. The like, respawn? Yeah, nice. I was like, what is going on? It was weird. Oh, weird. So Drake. There's a big giant vehicle in the middle, and I really wanted to drive it, but you can't. <laughs> nope. It's got these huge wheels. It looks like a lot of fun, but no, you cannot drive that. But you can hide behind it, hide behind the wheels if you want. What else is going on in this room too? Because there's like lava spilling down into the area. It's a uh, it's a cool room. It's it's there's a, there's a lot going on. Lots to to soak in here. But Why this is, is there so much lava though? Like you're not lots. that deep into the ma- into the crust of the earth that there would be like free flowing lava everywhere. Yeah, you know that's a good point. It doesn't know, it's look. Gla- it's very... been glassed. You know, yeah. So is it still up. like just the planet is still melted? Maybe partially. Weird things happen when you when you maybe blast a planet. you know the tectonic plates are all out of alignment, all kind of fucked up. Maybe that's what how like the 
the thing is revealed a little bit later, maybe because of all the glassing in such a concentrated area. Yeah. We can we can explain it away, Krista. Don't yeah. worry. Or Josh Holmes just thought it would look cool. That could have been it. <laughs> no, yeah, that probably is close, closer to what it is, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so have some fun here. Take your time, like we said, um, and just slowly... You know, the thing is, if you get too far ahead, because the crawlers, well, you know, crawlers and soldiers just move all around. It's just easy for them to get behind you. So you really just have to clear everybody out before you before you move forward. You go up this ramp here um, towards the end of the room, and then you get um, some captains and some, and there's at least one knight to take out here at the end. But you, they're usually not too bad because you have a, a splinter turret you can usually grab from one of the captains and clear the clear out uh, clear out the captains or excuse me the knights from there. Um, yeah, that's that's a big room though. I mean, there's a lot going on, and it can it can definitely take a while. Once we uh, clear out the entire area, then we do climb up this stairs area, and there's a catwalk that goes across through some rocks and some more lava and whatnot. The, uh, your buddies talk about how, I think it's Vale, she chimes in, and she talks about how um, the Forerunners seem more aggressive and um, there actually haven't been any Forerunner artifacts found on Meridian yet, so maybe that's why this is going on. Any other thoughts on just the, the exposition dialogue? Uh... Some of it's kind of interesting because... They kind of hint and it kind of confuses me a little bit, but they kind of start talking about Sloan and how we we're fighting them, but clearly Blue Team didn't fight their way in, so they're kind of hypothesizing why. So Blue Team was mm-hmm. like, were well, they let in? The Forerunner's not here beforehand. Did Sloan help them get in? So there's a, there's, there's a lot of a uh, lot of lot of chit chat going on here. Sloan is pretty sketchy throughout this whole thing. Yeah, like yes, I'm not yeah. even sure what the situation is. Did Blue Team just walk in or did they fight in? Right. Yeah, it seems. I think Buck comments in the next area. He's like, there isn't any signs of a struggle at all. Or maybe he says it right before we get into this area here um, that we just. It's right where the out. snipers like, are. That's where they talk about this. Okay. Yeah, he's like, um, it doesn't seem like there was a fight. So what's going on here? Um, also, so I did miss, as I was blazing through this, the uh, blind skull. So right when you walk into this area here where we just cleared out with the, where you activate the the turret the manual turret and whatnot um there's that big door that you enter through the blind skull is up above there you got to climb up in the rafters area and there's the, the blind skull is up up in the corner there so definitely grab that there's also earthquakes going on in this area yep so right when you walk down there's the earth shakes a little bit tanaka i think comments on that so the earth shakes a couple times and you know some of the intel hinted at that as well. And in Meridian Station, there was some tectonic stuff going on. So yeah, something is happening here, and we'll, we're almost we're almost there. <laughs> something is going on. Um, we we proceed further on, and then we see this giant hole, I guess, um, and some more weird forerunnery stuff is around here. If you look down on the hole, there are some... They're not sentinels. They're the Forerunner droids, I think is what they're referred to as. They are constructors. Yeah. And we've seen those before in Halo 2 and Halo 3. They don't really attack you at all. They're not for combat, but they're more for, like, fixing stuff. 
hence the term constructor so <laughs> you can you can actually shoot them if you want <gasps> don't and don't do it yeah don't be mean just let them float around they're, they're nice adorable enough. they are adorable <laughs> little floaty silver blue thingies so um yeah and then we we head down into this big i don't know i guess just a giant hole and there's more lava more rock <laughs> lots of lava in this mission you really like holes huh <laughs> the uh, elevator starts to descend and then sloan pops on and say hey wait a minute where'd you guys go and so now you're all of a sudden outside of of contact range radio range with sloan so you finally can can think and talk without him hearing you anymore and they um, comment on that. They're like, thank God. Yeah. Now yeah. some privacy. Yeah, finally some privacy. Um, at the bottom of this this elevator, this is where lots of interesting things happen, and we need we need to talk about this. Spooky. Now we get, we get a big old cutscene here. David, oh, what yes, happens? we do. A whole lot of things happen, Colin, and this is a cutscene that I think is pretty divisive. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of like what happens, how it happens, do you like it? Do you not like it? It's pretty, pretty damn crazy. Um, so this is the fight, and I uh, it's kind of shocking because I think this is for me where the game turns and and becomes something else. Um, but okay. th- this is essentially the hunt, the whole hunt that the game is leading up to. This is it. It's over now. Um, because well, this is where this is the warden, right? Is this the warden? Yeah, this, this is, is the, the warden. warden. Oh, I'm ahead yeah. of myself, so I'm yeah, gonna you are ahead of yourself. I'm gonna pull that back. Everybody, forget what <laughs> forget what I said. So, Osiris. I don't. This is this isn't this one isn't as divisive, but I think it no, is. No, 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 no. It's also skimmed over, and I'll comment when you're done talking about it. But there, there's a lot going on in this cutscene. There should probably be more fight. explanation of what the hell's going on. Yeah. Uh, but since Osiris come into a room and it's foreigny as all hell, there is lava everywhere. This fancy heat shimmer, and a voice starts talking to them, kind of cryptically. Clearly, forerunner. Um, the guys realize, oh my god, we're on a light bridge. We're in the open. We're gonna run ahead. So they run in and kind of take cover. They don't really know what's going on. The door kind of closes in front of them, and they're like, oh crap, we're we're caught. And then. Uh, if you've got subtitles on, uh, it tells you, Warden, your presence in the Guardian's shelter is undesirable. So mm-hmm. something is speaking, and it's called the Warden, um, which is pretty cool. So the screen kind of pans up and shows all these little, I guess, pods activating and turning on. And then one of them kind of opens out and kind of disassembles in an amazing manner and then mm-hmm. reassembles together into a what we're going to call not didact not didact yeah that is not the didact so you're getting what is essentially halo 5's equivalent which is clearly a whole uh, animatronic and he introduces himself as i am the warden eternal i stand in service to cortana oh one crazy sentence he stands in service to cortana that is interesting isn't it what it's what a way to say it so mm-hmm. that obviously kicks off a whole stream of thinking. Um, definitely with Osiris being kind of confused as what the hell is going on. So you have this massive being 
um, pretty much telling you uh, the other humans were are approved for passage because he's in service to Cortana, who's after mm-hmm. John. And he goes, regretfully, you are not. Um, and pretty much pulls out a big ass goddamn sword. <laughs> uh, he pretty much uses kind of force push and pushes uh-huh. all the dudes very dramatically away. And then you get a boss battle, baby. We get a boss fight. Yeah, one of our first Halo boss fights in some time. Yeah. yeah. This dude is 16 feet and a half tall. Well, there's a shot where you see him kind of like by the Spartans, and he is just enormous. The Spartans are enormous. They're like eight, se- seven, seven to feet, eight seven feet tall. Feet, yeah, seven yeah. and a half. So he is this dude is giant. This guy's way bigger than the didact. He's huge, and he's got this big metal sword. He starts to swing at you, and he's got this crazy. What is it like a gravity bomb thing that he'll shoot at you? Oh, it's like the slowly like moving hole. orb thing. Yeah, real um, annoying. Yeah, this is <laughs> real a, annoying. This is an interesting. I like the arena though, um, personally, because there there's enough verticality and you can climb around on the side. There's four of you. The only problem is that you'll, you know, if you die off on the side, sometimes your buddies are too far away to come and revive you. Um, the best thing I found is that you just ping the warden so that they're all around the warden all yeah. the time. And I forget about that ability sometimes, so. Um, just because we've been playing all the other Halo games and we, or I've been playing other games in general that just don't have it, but it's really, you really need to leverage that and take advantage of that, that, um, you know, pinging or, or telling your, your team to go and attack him because otherwise you don't know really what they're up to. <laughs> They'll just kind of run around and, uh, it won't be as we'll much of a just focus on attack. like crawlers. It's like, oh yeah. Cause there's a couple of crawlers here and there. Are there soldiers in this fight too? No, I, mean, no, I not think they're one. just crawlers. Yeah. Okay. He is super interesting. I think we'll, we'll talk about, why don't we do this fight and then we'll talk about him in general. But, um, yeah. So you have this, this fight where there's giant dudes in the middle and these, um, I don't know, ramps that are climbing around or, or, or around on the side that you can use he has he oh i think he always has that black spot in his back right you don't have to yeah the weak spot yeah yeah it's always open yeah so you can you can do damage i don't know what the multipliers are but he's a he's a bullet sponge so you can cause all sorts of damage in the front and it won't really phase him as much as if you finally hit him in the back and he he staggers at some point right so you shoot him in the back and he'll stagger a bit and then um, you know, he'll he'll also chase after you with his giant sword. <laughs> Which is kind of terrifying. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is. And it gets worse as you go on. Yeah, he uh he gets pretty aggressive and he can he just one it's a one hit kill, I think, on every level, I believe. Yes. Um if he gets yeah. you with that sword. And then what's the other attack? He has like a beam. It's like a it's a is it a beam attack? It's like a oh. shot. He like shoots you. Okay. He fires a laser fa- a face laser. Lasers face from laser. the face. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, David. What do you think about this fight overall? Um, in, in order to avoid spoilers, I'll just say I don't like it because it gets repetitive. And I've done this game so many times, so many missions, and so many difficulties that mm-hmm. right now I can tell you I do not like fighting the Warden Eternal. It also um, doesn't help if you play Warzone as well. Warzone. He's in Firefight. Warzone quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he pops up and there's multiples. All the time. Um, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I guess 
like we were talking about like Halo Halo 4's ending we didn't really want a boss fight and even though it was kind of weird that it was in kind of a quick time event slash a cutscene but I think that's I, I even prefer that than having a, a bullet sponge like the Warden Eternal uh, mm. with his one hit melee which is infuriating and on the higher difficulties it's just like oh it, it yeah. kills me I, I'm not a fan I'm not a fan I think this boss and a lot of Halo 5 in general was built around the fact that hey people are going to play this game this this campaign with four players yeah right? so I think a lot of the mechanics that they built in especially to him are for you know he's focused on one guy but your other teammates can get him from behind and it'll make it easier any additional thoughts, Krista, on the on the fight? So, kind of forgetting about the rest of the campaign and the multiplayer and just thinking about, like, the first time I faced the Warden, it was really cool. Like, you mm-hmm. have this huge Forerunner guy running at you all the time, like, all craziness. You don't know, you kind of figure out pretty quickly how to kill him, how to avoid him, stuff like that. I mean, on normal, he's not super difficult, yeah. Um, once you've played the game a lot and you're used to him, even on heroic, he's not super difficult. You just know what kind of weapons to shoot him with. But um, yeah, and you know, that's like as soon as he starts running at you, just you got to get the hell out of there. Yeah, you just run. Away. You kind of you you learn his tells, mm-hmm. really, and then it becomes it's not as bad of a battle. This one, at least. But um, you know. Warden, Eter- Warden Eternal is a fun boss battle. It's nice to have another boss battle in Halo. I think he involved some strategy, but also like the Promethean Knights kind of teach you how to defeat him, which I really like. How they kind mm-hmm. of added that in yeah. the whole back thing. It's kind of an overarching uh, theme of the Prometheans. So overall, he doesn't break apart though, like the the knights, right? Like he just no, staggers. He just he staggers, and then he gets like when he dies, he gets sucked into a black hole and goes poof. His yeah. death mechanic is pretty cool. His, his animation. That He's, is pretty cool. I'll give you that. Yeah, like him kind of getting sucked into it. And there's not really an explanation for the black hole or anything like that. So don't ask. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to imagine since it's... Well, spoiler. It's some kind of slip space something. I'm going to say it's a slip space bubble thing. Yeah. Yes. I think it, well, it is. It's not a black hole. It's a slip space thing. Yeah. Because he's being powered um, by something. Yeah. There just a couple of other additions to the fight. There are w- weapons strewn about. There is an incineration cannon kind of in the top in the middle. Yeah. And that thing comes in Those handy. top platforms are where you get all your good weapons. Yeah. So, but you have to do some, some clever jump when they get up there. Um, yeah. It's, there. it's interesting. I, I, I like you remembering the first time I played, I was like, whoa, this is cool. I'm, I'm into this. But I also do feel like it was a little unsatisfying when I did take him down. Like it was challenging. And then, you know, I, I remember it taking quite a few times to take him down. But then for some reason after I did, I was like, okay, okay, that's it. Okay. All right. Now let's go. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt, it felt a little weird once I did take him down. It was obviously a good feeling when he kind of gets sucked in, but um, I think it's I probably sure because, because of how this game pans out, like defeating the warden the first time never feels like a, like a ending or like a big you know how like how a big boss battle ends there's not that payoff at the end and you kind of you'll understand that more as we play the game 
yeah he just kind of goes away right um just so let's talk about the warden here in a second well i guess let's talk about him now so you enter the room and you see all these pods around um there's 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 more the warden is more complicated than you think and it's not clear right away what's going on but those you see kind of those faces there's hints on what it is but um the warden um, will will. This isn't the first time we'll see the warden. Um, he he goes into a slip space portal um, when he dies. But um, anything else to add to the? Oh, the interesting thing about him, and we can talk a little bit about this, is he he mentioned he stands in service to Cortana. There is a comic in Tales from Slip Space that talks about that specifically. Yes, definitely worth a read. Very visually interesting. Frank O'Connor did the did the writing. I don't know if he art directed it either. He, he didn't. I don't think he's not an artist, but maybe he came up with the concept. I don't know, but um, so definitely give that that a read. It's called uh, is it Dominion Splinter? Yeah, I believe. Yep. So give that a read, and it's it talks in about Tales how... from Slip Space. Mm-hmm. It talks about how Cortana essentially kind of outsmarts him. It bridges and... Halo Four Cortana to Halo Five Cortana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's how she got into the domain, which yep, is exactly. kind of revealed in the cutscene in the previous mission. And that's yep. how she essentially cures Rampati and is still alive and is essentially where she is now. Getting mm-hmm. John. Doing something. <laughs> doing like, something yeah. crazy. Doing something. Yeah, apparently talking to this guy and <laughs> making it so. <laughs> Hanging out with the warden. Yeah. So there's not actually a lot of backstory to the warden, surprisingly. Okay. He's just been a whole lot. hanging out at the domain. He's the guardian of the domain, pretty much. And he just kind of chills out there i guess so do we know so now that we've met the warden is he the one that's been directing all these forerunner fights probably is that see that's what's kind of confusing to me because of the reveal that happens in the next mission um i'm kind of like whose side is who on and sure who's activating what yeah and this, this, i think this is there's yeah. a lot to talk about still, so maybe we should hold off on that conversation. But it's interesting yeah. that that um, I, I, I guess in in this moment now, thinking about it as I'm playing, as I've encountered this, like it would make sense because Blue Team was essentially let through down into this this next area, mm-hmm. this cutscene that we'll talk about a little bit. It would make sense that the Warden is the one that has been controlling the the soldiers and the crawler like all the prometheans up to this point because they're doing their best to stop you from getting to john here in a little bit right and that in my mind now talking through that it makes sense that he's the one that's in charge and especially that he's the one that stands in in service of cortana mm-hmm. that makes sense okay now let's get to that next con- cutscene that you talked about controvert that's a little more no, controversial this we is a controversial door one. Yeah, yeah, so Osiris walked through the door and says, Lock goes, the warden said Cortana was calling them to her. She's not here. So they they believe that John was trying, the blue team were trying to get to Cortana and that she may or may not have been on this planet. So when you walk through, it kind of reveals that there you go. There's a big ass machine sitting in there. And Buck kind of goes, whoa, they built him big. I think that's a guardian. And Tanaka has very like <laughs> astutely says, nothing gets past you, Buck. So we have a guardian buried underground. Uh, Vale yeah. discovers a kind of teleportation um, little device. Uh, and in doing so, these little kind of 
like lily pads and you can kind of teleport quickly <laughs> in between each one uh, it's a weird design but whatever it made for an interesting cutscene uh blue yeah, team exactly blue team arrive on a different set of lily pads and immediately the oh. teams kind of start chasing each other so osiris gets pretty much in action here and as you see they have their quarries that they're hunting they are running 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 it's pretty kind of cool. They're just kind of bouncing through all these kind of teleportation devices. Um, Locke kind of pulls away from his team and kind of reaches the kind of upper platform more or less at the same time that Blue Team do. Um, John is a little bit of kind of lagging behind. Uh, this is the big moment now. This is the encounter of these two Spartan teams. I remember watching this first for the first time. I was super hype. I was like, yeah. fuck yeah. yes. Here we like, go. Pause it. Let me go pop some popcorn. Let me yeah. watch this. Let's Shit's go. Shit's kicking <laughs> off. I'm like, I'm going to get a fight. Is it a cutscene? What the hell's going on? Is it a quick time event? Is it Spartan <laughs> on Spartan? Oh my God. It's so exciting. Um, <laughs> so Locke just essentially wusses out here a little bit. So um, Blue Team pretty much ignore him. Um, they kind of just stop right before the last teleporter. They just stare at Locke. And John's well, got his his, his uh, BR drawn. He got his BR drawn, and he's just shouting at the state of the art, stand down. I get the, pretty much the impression the Blue Team are just completely unimpressed, um, <laughs> as they should be, which is pretty awesome. Um, John kind of just strolls on in, gives a quick look to Blue Team, and gives him the nod, and they just they just teleport out. They walk out. They just no leave. To them. They just leave. Locke is, to be fair, he is quite respectful. In his, in his request he is like you're absent without leave this is your chance to come this is your one chance to come home peacefully um yeah john has no intentions of going home he knows exactly what he's doing um well i say he knows exactly what he's doing he is really pretty much making decisions off his gut um cortana is the carrot on the end of the stick for him so he's just chasing um but he has no interest in following orders he, he's doing his own thing right now uh, blue team go through the teleporter Locke does nothing Master Chief pretty much just says I have the job to do and just gives him the cold shoulder and makes his way towards uh, Locke steps up and pretty much says that's not your job he said Cortana is our concern now yeah. sir Cortana and then that is you know the wrong thing to say <laughs> uh, yep. John ain't having that he's pretty much he's he just, just a bad like, word Oh, he goes like hell she is and he just <laughs> lashes out knocks the BR smacks oh, I, I can't really go through this fight but it, they're, they're, it's kind of boxing at the start they're kind of throwing punches they're a little bit dodgy um, they have like Locke goes to punch him and John just catches his fist and I'm just like yes yeah. it's so good <laughs> he just kind of pushes it away and then he kind of judo chops him and Locke just kind of rolls away Locke then gets up has the kind of upper hand kind of knees chief in the face with a bunch of kicks they're kind of slow it's not like it's a very yeah. slow fight yeah it doesn't feel it feels more like a fight you would watch on like on a boxing channel or something yeah they're it's heavyweights a, yeah you can tell they're heavyweights pretty much supposed to be no spartans no. aren't necessarily supposed to be heavyweights like the armor doesn't weigh them down the armor makes them faster it's power. the armor is heavy but the armor yeah. is heavy, but like when you're in it and when it's like we've had Spartans fighting Spartan, even fully armored in the books. And like those fights are described as fast, brutal, loud as all hell. Um mm-hmm. Book has got 
in his story, his kind of origins, he's fighting a Spartan as well. He got, talks about his training and stuff like that. But, like, they're vicious fights. And, like, I had that going into my head. And this, we did we, we got something a bit slower than that. So, John kind of flips, gets locked on the ground. He goes to punch him. I guess, John, I guess it's kind of emotional. I don't think he's fighting very well. And I also think he's holding a lot back on purpose. Um... He kind of punches the ground, misses Locke. Locke rolls away. He gets up. Locke is kind of, like, almost like he he's all knees. And he's kind of got his own kind of fighting style. It's very different than John's. And he kind of backhands John's face and yeah. smashes his visor. The now, backhand smashes it. The backhand smashes Which, it. Which, backhands aren't normally very powerful. Well, we got Spartans. Depending on how yeah. like fast you're like flicking yeah. the backhand. What so, we but John's cracked visor is very, very interesting because of now we have a place in time that we can date things. And by that I mean if you go all the way back to Poncho Chief, he has a smashed faceplate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I'm still convinced that what we saw there will come in to infinite somewhere. Because but in we have John, his visors were fixed, and right, it's not in the, the first same person. helmet. <laughs> so maybe they, maybe they'll pick this up. Maybe they won't. Um, but it was John all was, a dream. John was, was dream, facing guys. down a guardian with Cortana's keychain, a keychain in, in front of him. Um, I feel like that's non-canonical at this point. Probably, probably isn't. Probably, but they could easily tie it in with John searching by himself for whatever at the in the end of Halo Five. We can talk about it when we get there. But anyway, John's cracked visor is cool. Um, and it's So also, meanwhile, all this is going on, Osiris is just watching this. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. They're, they are not getting involved. And we know how Buck feels about it. Tanaka and Vale never really weigh in on their mission. Um, yeah. They never comment on it at all. Um, which is a bit disappointing. You'd think you'd have that team kind of fleshed out a little bit more gelled together. Um, some dialogue would have been nice about like what they were doing and the, the gravity of it. Uh, but like we said, yeah, a good point. previous there there isn't really anything there. Um, this is a turning point in the fight where John is no longer holding back. You can see it, his slow rise and his turn back to Locke is kind of like your fuck now, son. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this is it. Like uh, Locke slowly reveals his armor restraint. John doesn't give a shit because um, he is bass. The music kind of changed here. The music is awesome for this fight, so it, it gets way more dramatic now. Uh, Locke just tries to armor restraint Chief. Chief just kind of like maneuvers his way around, holds his arm. Um, there's a lot of knees, kicks, a lot of struggling. It's not really a fight now. It's kind of a struggle. John just yeah. head headbutts Locke, smacks the uh, armor restraint right on him in a very smooth motion as Locke tries and pulls his gun. So Locke ends up locked down. Uh, with his pistol on Chief. <laughs> Chief just slowly backs up and walks away as the kind of cavern starts caving in. And then John just picks up his gun, puts it on his back, and slowly Peace walks into out. the teleporter. Peace yep. is out. Then all the kind of lily pads start moving and, conge- and, mo- and congealing away. Tanaka runs up and unlocks Locke's armor. Locke is kind of pissed off. And then Osiris got to get the fuck out because shit's falling yep. down. This is kind of cool. I, I do like their escape. Um, Buck kind of realizes that their pads are falling down first, but maybe we can get out the same way that Blue Team got in. So then they have this cool, um, what am I, what's the word I'm looking for? Parkour 
kind of run through um, <laughs> yeah. all mm-hmm. the kind of um, the pads and like one of their platform kind of turns on the side and you see all the team activating their boosters and kind of wall running which is really really cool they're like yeah. stabilizers and pushing them against in, into the wall so they can still run it's pretty badass uh, so meanwhile the the guardian is rising the guardian up. is like activating it's, got, it's, up. its eyes are glowing and its teeth oh, yeah. why does it have teeth but it's got teeth because <laughs> it has to guard you uh yeah buck kind of falls behind and ends up kind of falling and catching on with one arm and he's just like oh hell <laughs> and then uh, as the lily pad is falling uh lock comes back through pulls him up and gets back in uh, it was pretty cool it was a dramatic moment uh i i, I kind of liked it and then you just see kind of the guardian assemble and start slowly start to rise as we fade to black Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the next part is part of the next mission, so I won't go yep. any further than that. Yep. Um, it feels it, like they could have continued this mission. You know, we're going to stop it here and we'll, we'll do all other stuff. But, yeah. you know, if we were playing Halo 4, they probably would have just done, continued it on. Yeah. This big, long, giant mission. But uh, we, we had so many discussions about this fight scene in, in our Facebook group over the years and stuff like that. And. People have come down on different sides of it and how it's not truly representative, but I think there's probably things happening that kind of influenced the fight in terms of maybe Locke wasn't wholly committed to what he was doing. Same with John, he was probably holding back. He's obviously very emotional. It's a weird situation. Um, John doesn't know Locke, right? No. He doesn't know him at all. No, I don't think so. Does he even know? Yeah, I don't think he knows him at all. No. I don't know if there's any like when if they ever have an encounter. Or maybe he knows of him, but that that's about it. Like he sees another Spartan that's trying to take him in, but I think he to him he's just like, who's this guy? Like, no, I'm not coming in. Yeah, very much so. And I think um, Locke is like he's branded as Oni. It's on his armor, so like I don't think John would be overly impressed or even mm-hmm. interested in entertaining him. Yeah. Um, also because John knows he's AWOL. He, know, he knows, do you know what I mean? He's going after Cortana. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because they already ordered him back and he said yeah. negative infinity. <laughs> and he's he's going to know what they're doing. So he knows their, mm-hmm. like, their response is going to be to send people after him. Anyway. Chris, any, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. The Like, uh, some parts I really like about the fight and some parts I don't. I just thought the the fighting style itself just didn't feel right for Spartans. Mm-hmm. Like, sure. if you're in a fight like that, the dumbest fighting stance you can take is the head-on fighting stance, like facing them, <laughs> right. facing them. They have the your whole body to hit to hit you in, and I feel like Spartans are Spartans are a little smarter than that, especially with like the hooks and stuff. Like a hook is not a very powerful punch. Mm-hmm. You want to like you want to keep your fist kind of back. You want to keep it towards your side and go from there. You want to like snap it. But um yeah, just just the fact that they like were doing like head to head just didn't make any sense to me. Like a good fighting stance is like, you know, your side instead, like standing kind of sideways. Sure. So, it just like that that itself just didn't make much sense to me because <laughs> these Spartans are obviously trained a lot in hand-to-hand combat. I mean, like, one of the first things that John actually does once he gets the augmentations is he fights a ODST 
tea hand to hand and just annihilates him. Mm-hmm. So he does, I don't in know. fact, murder him. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, thinking about this fight a little bit more, John. I mean, John is fighting because obviously he's pissed at like you know the guy mentioned Cortana. Hey, that's my lady. Um, but he also doesn't want them to follow them anymore. So this is his chance to put a, put a stop to that for him to escape. Because if John just ran off, I mean, maybe Locke would have shot at him. It wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have killed him. But the the Osiris would have just followed them into the portal, and then who knows, who knows what would have happened there. So this is kind of John's chance to take a little bit of a stand and say, okay, all right, you guys are following me. I'm almost to my goal. I'm gonna try to put a stop to this here. Um, so like putting up a fight in this moment makes sense and i guess you know not having a like a a a shootout makes sense because you know chief probably doesn't want to kill this guy at least that's what's what david was alluding to is like he's kind of holding back he just wants to get him off his back for now um yeah but he's fighting like he's having a friendly brawl with Locke. Mm-hmm. Like the intent to kill doesn't feel there. The def- intent to defend doesn't really feel there. Well, I don't think there is an intent to kill from either side. No, the intent I don't to think defend at least. He's trying to get away, so he wants to dispatch Trent. Dispot- yeah. Dispatch Locke as quickly as possible in a non-lethal way. Yeah, maybe it would have been made better if there was a little bit more like, like one of them lifts the other one off and like tries to throw them off the edge or something like, like that. Like any kind of hip throws or anything like that would have been nice to see. Right. But it's, he's not actively trying to like distract or, you know, cause him like he, what do you, what do you like in this, in this situation, chief just wants to get the fuck out. Right. He wants to yeah. keep Locke from following him through the portal. So he needs to act fast. I mean, what he could have been doing was delaying the fight so -hmm. that he could run through the portal just as it was ending, which would make more sense to what he's doing. That sounds about right. Because he's not... Because if he wanted to, you know, have a a fight where he needed to distract Locke and then just run through the portal, he would have been able to do that pretty pretty fast, I'd think. Mm Mm-hmm. Also, if he puts down Locke really easy, he's got another three Spartans right in front of him. Yeah. That's a good point. He might have been a stalling then. Yeah. The, there was a little missed opportunity to use... There was no ground pounding that happened. Or there was no Spartan charging. <laughs> yeah, I wish they used, used some of the Spartan powers. abilities. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's probably universal that people were underwhelmed by this this fight here the um as we as we talked about they don't they don't want to kill each other so what else are they going to do but like from a choreographed you know power brawl fantasy that this should have been it just didn't quite deliver didn't quite deliver honestly it just falls down to like the fight choreography wasn't very good yeah that's all it really was i think that's fair all right anything else you guys want to talk about before we move on to the next mission evacuation um, I there's not a whole lot of trivia. I think I've been given out of this already by Halo Five. But anyway, uh, at the section where Osiris rides the elevator down to the cavern uh, to claim the Guardian, you can actually jump all the way down to the entrance instead of riding the elevator. Uh, the game will freeze and load the next uh, a little more halfway down, but it will resume control after a few seconds. Uh, although John's visor is cracked in this level, when you play him later in the game, his hood on the inside remains unchanged, although his in-game character 
is correctly shows damage visor. I think that's just because, in my own assumption, the interior of the visor is smart enough to compensate for damage on the exterior mm. to, to give you like a clean vision. It wasn't um, smart like enough that. for Noble Six. <gasps> Christopher Brown. Did he? He didn't have Mark Six armor though. No, he didn't. No. Mark dead armor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Six um, feet under armor. <laughs> yeah, because he did. Um, we have uh, like we said the Norm Fang is in there we kind of called that out already it functions identically to a normal sniper rifle in the campaign although with the exception of not being able to pick up any ammo from a regular sniper like I already mentioned there's a random thing about there's a Portuguese settler speaks Spanish in a Portuguese translation but the same actor with a heavy Brazilian accent which is weird but there you go alright cool Let's do some intel, and then we'll we have we, I think we have a fun community question this time. You got yeah, you did good, Colin. Thank you, but let's do some intel first because Krista wants to talk about that intel. Oh God, there's this name in these intels, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, it's Thriviathan, Thrivianathan, yep. Thrivianathan. I think. Yep. I'm just gonna call him Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not nice. saying that more than once. All right, so Governor, uh, the first one is called Messages from from Apogee Station. One out of three. Governor, I just got a message from Mr. T, losing his mind. (laughs) Said he found something in the rock near Meridian Station. Unknown material. Too damn big to be man-made anyway. I need to check his readings, but I want to give you a heads up. So he obviously found a spooky forerunner thing. The Guardian? (gasps) Yeah, I mean, honestly, when they're talking about Forerunner structures, they're either talking about the Guardian or, like, the structure that had all the Wardens in it down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, but- where did all those Wardens go? They just, like, pieced out. They're not in the battle, like, in that arena at all. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Maybe they mm-hmm. slip-spaced away. They did. They were scared. They're like, lol. See you later, losers. Uh, the second one is <laughs> message from Apogee Station 2 out of 3. Governor Mr. T talked talked me into not n- into letting him take a crew to see what was under the rock. He found well metal, so pretty good. Not slag, nothing I know. I'll send you some samples shortly. Uh, the next one is message from Apogee Station. Three out of three. Uh, hey, Mr. T, <laughs> Solon's <laughs> saying to force it open, uh, see what's behind that door. He figures that Liang Dortmund might pay us a bonus if we find something good. Uh, I'm pretty sure they just let out all the Prometheans and made them angry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. You don't mess with Forerunner artifacts. It's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is History of Meridian, part three out of six. Um... Despite the early success of the Prospector Party, the Stuart gained control of Meridian after a lengthy campaign known as the Free Patriot Movement. The Colonial Administration Authority eventually recognized that the Stuarts, re- recognizing the Stuarts ending the years of strife. So it was some kind of civil war, it looks like, uh, on Meridian. So interesting. Interesting. Uh, the next one is history. It says history of Meridian four out of six, but the first thing it says is Free Frontier Education presents the history of Meridian part seven. So yeah, <laughs> okay. So it just talks about how my military production has served the colony's primary source of revenue. 
and the contract for the Scorpion MBT ensured Meridian's bright future. The Scorpion MBT was an early version of the Scorpion we all know and love. Yay, so that was produced here on Meridian, the Scorpion. How neat. Yeah, it's pretty neat. It's pretty nice. That's cool. <laughs> uh, the next two are drip, Drill Operator's Personal Log, 1 out of 2 and 2 out of 2. Um, says he's equipping a team to really rehabilitate a glass planet, accounting for its extreme conditions. Uniforms have to deal with extreme cold surface temps as well as heat generated by drills, so they used a UNSC-developed tech called a gel layer. The gel goes on under your clothes and keeps you temperature steady. The stuff is magic. That's the stuff they have in Mjolnir, guys. Yeah. Oh, what do you know? The gel hmm. layer. Uh, that explains why they can survive in this volcano-y area. But apparently it's really cold. Lava heat. They said they had to deal with extreme cold. It would be cold at night. Think of it, there's no cloud cover. Yeah, like some of the atmosphere has been atmosphere. burned off. Stuff it's like wet that. Wet is all kind of fucked Good up. Uh, the it's probably next... hot underground than cold on the surface, I imagine. Yeah, that must be it. So the next one is the same guy. I should have listened to my brother when he said taking the job was a bad idea. The air is full of tiny glass particles. Rip your lungs Ooh. to shreds if you breathe enough of it. Between the masks Damn. and their air filters and air filters on every bu- building, I haven't had a breath of unfiltered air in three years. Near Whoa. the same as living on a space station. Why are people on this planet? <laughs> Money. I'm just going to go out and enjoy some fresh air. And then your lungs just die from glass. Oh, that's ridiculous. You ever, you ever t- get cut by glass? Imagine that in your lungs. Not Ooh. nice. I don't think I'd like that. No, no, no. Pass. It's like razor hail from Gears of War. (laughs) (laughs) Why are people living on that planet, too? I play those games and I wonder. But anyway, so fun (laughs) stuff happening here on Meridian. It's a real happy place. Mm -hmm. People are enjoying their lives. (laughs) So is that it? Yeah, that's it. Real fun time here. That's it. Thank you. Lots of world building, as we said. Yeah, of how shitty this place is. The, you know, Vale and Tanaka are kind of in the background of the most of this so far. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, I think she both of them have some interesting dialogue. Again, it's, it's kind of all during the mission here and there. But but Tanaka, you know, knowing her background and coming from a, a glass planet and like they kind of look at look at her and coming from a rural glass planet. They look at her to provide some some insight on what they should expect from the, you know, encountering these people here, and she has some other in- thoughts to, to share here and there. And, and Vale chimes in with some um, some interesting questions about like you know like why are they you know why are they even here? What what, what why would you be on this planet? And then I think they talk about how you know well you know I think Tanaka might chime in and say they're um, you know it's money right? They why not just pay a bunch of people to to mine this this planet for a couple decades and then it's just pure corporate profit after that you know then they own the own the land rights so they have some interesting dialogue here and there but it's but it's kind of buried because it's it's going on during the gameplay um yeah i think that is that's all let's do community and we'll get out of here whoa okay you okay krista yeah 
She almost fell out of her chair. Yeah, I'm like, whoa, Whoa. we're already finished this mission so long. Should we start with Facebook? Yeah, sure. There's no problem. So, Colin Perkins, we all know him well. The admin (laughs) of yesterday at 2.28 p.m. If Master Chief was a professional fighter slash wrestler, what would be the name of his finishing move? Oh, this is a good question, Colin. Question for Mission D, replay 5 and confirmed mission. We got some good comments. I'm pretty happy with this. Well done, Facebook. Rasmus says, head bang and fist charge. All right. Matthew says, space diaper smash attack. Patrick <laughs> says, the blue team gangbang. <laughs> oh. that's, that's the tag team. Uh, Manny says, the galaxy's elbow. I like it. Randy, the MC hammer. That's pretty good. The Master Chief's initials, the rapper. The Mjolnir hammer. It all works. <laughs> Chad says, the finisher. Duh. Colin goes fight finisher. He's a chance to have a little conversation. Yeah, really you got to finish yeah, the fight. Finish the fight. The fight finisher. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Dave McLaughlin says, I'm picturing him like Steve Austin screaming, I'm John 117. I'm going to kick your covenant ass. This move is called <laughs> the suborbital slam. Oh, I like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, Lucas, either the Reclaimer, that's pretty good, finish the fight, or Ollie Ollie Oxen Free, that's pretty good too. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good shout out, Lucas. Uh, Matthew comes back in again, says, contrarily, Arbiters would be the Schlong of Sanghelios. (laughs) 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 That's excellent. Um, Miles says, the fight finisher, and we've got a few of them. Yeah. People copping on. Um, Noah says, John Halo guy. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> Thanks. And Brad finally says, the Nova bomb. Oh, that's pretty oh. good. A nice yeah. ground pound from the top ropes complete with planet destroying power, or at least the ring. That's pretty good. <laughs> he just collapses the ring with his finishing yeah. move. But ring, ring, you get it? Because it's Ooh, Halo. yeah. You get it? There you go. All right. Very nice. Thanks, Facebook. What's Discord have to say? All right. Same question for the Discord. Uh, Rye says the bigger weapon. Mm. Bro Hammers or Bro Broham says for Sam. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Ian says the Mac, which stands for massive arm cannon. That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, Chief Stain says the sneaky weasel. <laughs> Uh, Dezudo says Chief's lucky coin while the opponent is stood dazed after a pummeling Chief pulls out his lucky coin and tosses it high heads they get they get a haymaker punch in the face tails they get it in the balls (laughs) 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 Uh, Lore Master Calix says uh, the ring buster UNSC Brexit says the meteor ooh Third says the halo drop, high altitude, low opening. Oh, that's good. Uh, and then Dezudo says flying nutbuster. <laughs> and then uh, Brexit, UNSC Brexit also says lucky makes your AI disappear. And then impulsive, finally impulsive says the strong T aggressively teabags them to death. <laughs> that's, that's a halo thing. Good job. Ooh. Good job, Discord. I love you. Can you, you. imagine that? Death by T-Bag? <laughs> it'd be amazing. Oh, God. It'd be glorious. I don't think it would be glorious. Well, it'd be glorious to watch. We're watching the finishing move, right? 
Yeah. I just, like, it might be a little stinky on the other end, the receiving end. Well, unfortunately, we're not fighting Master Chief anytime soon. (laughs) All right, that will do it for our debriefing of the Meridian Station and unconfirmed mission from Halo 5. On the next episode, we'll be covering evacuation. Send us your thoughts at podcastevolved at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at podcastevolved on Twitter. You can also support the show by visiting Podcast Evolved on Patreon. Until next time. Evolved. Evolved. Evolved.